Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird yo girlfriend what are we talking about today uh Grooming. Let's talk grooming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. We've talked about everything else. Getting ready for this. Might as well talk about some grooming now. Peek behind the scenes. (laughs) Welcome to episode 351 of the Groom Pod, recorded on October 9th, 2022 in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Cheers, Groomar, and Stasco. And you guys, through our website, thegroompod.com, using the donation button and our Patreon site. Also, this week on The Groom Pod, we're going to talk about the quest for knowledge and how to stay fresh, basically, and gender-specific shampoo. This week, What's New is brought to you by Groomar Software. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groomore is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar, and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groomore and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. Adventures in Mobile Grooming. Today's episode, we have again. Uh, so I'm driving down 405, headed to my first appointment on a short day. Supposed to be my day off. I snuck in a couple dogs. Headed there. And you know how you're driving and you're listening to something and you're kind of in the zone. And then all of a sudden something catches your eye. And in this case, I noticed the trailer. And it seemed to be a little more active than usual, like bouncing a little bit more than usual. And I thought, is that my imagination or did did something just happen? Because normally I don't pay a lot of attention to the trailer. It's back there. As long as it's towing correctly, it doesn't catch my eye. But something definitely caught my eye. So I pulled off the exit going to my appointment. I was almost there anyway. And I got out, parked. I inspected the hitch and I inspected where the dude welded it all last time. And I shook it and I kicked it and I swore at it, but I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything going on. It looked fine. I was pointed downhill because I was on the freeway exit. So I got back in the car and I headed to my appointment and I stepped in the trailer and it groaned. Ah, <laughs> it went. It hurt. Oh, ouch. And I thought, that's a weird noise. The last time that it made noise like that, something was wrong with the weld. I think, what am I missing? So I got back out and I crawled underneath and I shook it and I kicked it and I swore in it and I did all those things. And I couldn't find anything, but I decided I would 
not go to my next appointment. I would take it home and I would let my husband look at it and, you know, do a little inspection because obviously there's something going on that I am not seeing. So I groom the dog, the trailer groaning every time I walk around and they're, uh, 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 it's just like, oh, and I'm going to have to get it home and drive it home. And I finish the dog and take it in. And I head up to get uh, to leave the house. I have to go up a fairly substantial hill. And I head up the hill and I watch the front of the trailer lift up just a little bit. And I pulled over and I thought, holy crap. And I walked back there and there's like maybe a half inch space between the box of the trailer and the frame of the trailer. It seems to be pretty connected in the back, but the front of it is just separating. It's connected on the left, but it's not at all connected on the right. And I walk around and I look at the trailer door and I can see that the whole box is lifting away from the frame on the side. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh my goodness, my goodness. Drain the water because the water's in the back of the trailer. So I very slowly went up the hill and I found a level spot and I started pumping out the water and I sent a text message to the welder and I said, the trailer box is separating from the frame. And he said, come over to my new shop, which one might think I paid for with all the repairs this guy is. (laughs) But it's not. It's a beautiful new shop. And he has same guys working there, but a ton more space. It's so easy to get into. But I had to get 12, 14 miles, not on the freeway, to where his shop is. So I used Google Maps and I Googled avoid freeways and I 25 and 30 mile an hour back roaded it all the way out to his shop and I made it there safely and he put the trailer back together for the moment. Uh, He welded it all down and and the problem is his welds are so good that just like when you have a back fusion, everything above and below it falls apart. The welds are so good that the places where the welds connect to other things is where it's breaking down. So we're in January when things slow down, I'm going to take the trailer back and he's going to rebuild the whole underside of the trailer and back, move the wheels back more towards underneath the water tank, which will definitely be better for the life of the trailer. Because I tried to once again, look around and find a different trailer. Everything requires a bigger tow vehicle. Everything requires thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars investment and ends up being bigger than I want to drive around in the city. So just pays to rebuild the one I have. So that was my uh, thrill for the week. But the other thing that happened, the only thing I got to do this week before the trailer broke was I got to do, to go in and talk to the vet about the Duxuo, Duxo, the ducks, the medicated shampoo for my husband's friend's skin dog, right. du- Duoxos. And I... Duxo. Yeah, Duxo. I, yeah, it's, a, it's such a weird spelling. D-O-U-X-O. Duxo. So I went in and I showed the protocol to her on the website and I explained how, you know, if you use 10 pumps a bath, you're going to be out of shampoo and nothing flat. They've designed these products to work together. 
Suffice it to say, she was not overly receptive (laughs) to my (laughs) showing her the website. I think that she felt like she had enough knowledge for the shampoo use. So I called my previous employer who used to work there, who is my personal vet. And I said, I did his dogs and we had a little chat about it. And he said, just go ahead and change the protocol and do it as it's supposed to, because then the dog will improve and she'll never think twice about it. But he said, I have also had a difficult time sharing knowledge with this lady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, some people are receptive to new knowledge from some people and not from others. And some people are just not, so they have to discover it themselves. You know, they're just not receptive to hearing it from somebody else. I can be that. I can be that someone, but I, I check myself. And, you know, like, like, am I just being resistant? I'm married to, new to knowledge, one of those. you know. So I, uh, I just check myself, and uh, I don't, you know, like I appreciate learning things from other people, but you know, like that's another whole conversation. Maybe we'll have that conversation so, a little later in this episode. Yeah, perhaps. let's do that. Yeah. Let's talk about Needless that to say, more. I've got my client. They're using the moose. Three times yeah. a week, and then a bath yeah. every three weeks, as directed by yeah. the Duke So website. So, we're, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I felt I was so grateful you pointed me that direction to look at the website because it did explain everything that the shampoo manufacturer wanted me to know about their product, way more than the doctor probably has ever done. Sadly. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank I you appreciate for that. It. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> how was your week? Well, I had a I had an interesting week um trying out some new tools. Oh, I'm so jealous. And I have some uh well I have some I want to report on it. Okay. Cool. So so in the slicker brush department, I ordered a um coated tip larger, semi-large uh slicker from Artero that was on a kind of curved base and I ordered a another even longer pin slicker brush from uh, Coastal that was described as having coated tips. Well, I should have looked at the picture a little bit closer for the Coastal because the Coastal brush with nice long pins the longest pin that you usually find is a one-inch pin, and that's what's good for getting into those thick doodle coats and double-coated breeds, and that's one that I would like to see replaced with a coated tip. So I was very excited about this coastal brush, but when it got here, I immediately I saw that the tips weren't coated. <laughs> So it was a disappointment, and I had to put a big, uh, you know, negative review on Amazon. I just kind of acted out on that because I was pissed off, Um, and I may actually return it. If I don't return it, it's going to get put into use. People that groom for me that 
brush out the dogs for me if I let them use those big, unprotected slicker brushes. They damage the coats. I can feel it. I can see it. I know it's happening. It's not just in my mind and in a few pictures of what kind of damage can happen. I know it's happening. But the good news is that the Artero brush is better than I thought at first glance. I opened the package and I thought, well, this brush looks flimsy and the pins aren't that long. The pins are longer than most coated pins and they're bent pins, not just straight pins because most coated pins on coated pin brushes are just straight pins. These are bent but they're very small pins and they're not as fat as most pin brush pins. So they, they're thinner pins and the coating is almost invisible. Well, that's kind of good because you know that coating itself isn't going to snag and they are soft. I asked Yvonne to try it. She tried it. She liked it a lot. And so then I used it and I love it. I love the Artero protected pin larger slicker brush. And it's not a giant slicker. It's kind of what you would call a larger slicker brush. Okay. Um, It's very good for uh, finishing and straightening uh, small to medium dog coats. Like Shih Tzu, would it work well to straighten a Shih Tzu coat? Shih Tzu coat. Uh, now, listen, uh, it, I did a, yesterday, I had only one dog in the book. Yvonne had to take a day off to go to a funeral. I swear to God, she goes to more funerals. <laughs> and it's always, I've got to take a day off because I've got to go to this funeral. And it's some distant you know, son of a nephew, three times removed that she hasn't talked to in eight years. And she's got to go to the funeral. It's a hobby. <laughs> you know, it's a family obligation. Yeah. It's a family obligation. And, and it's, it, it, she would rather go to funerals than talk to them when they're alive. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> she sees them in the supermarket when they're alive and she goes into the next aisle. <laughs> but she'll go to their funeral. <laughs> oh, Yvonne. Oh, Yvonne, I love you. You're yep. so Mexican. She's so funny. <laughs> so you were grooming by yourself. So I had one dog, Cooper the Havanese. And Cooper's Havanese that I do short with shortened ears now that's a trip to get those ears short and even and level and nice really? and everything yeah God, really because yeah. you know i fight with that constantly because i do mostly drop coated dogs but i'll tell you i got such a lovely finish on him with the uh with my drying technique excuse me And that's mostly because I will dry 90% of the way with the blow dryer. 
I mean, maybe not their head because, you know, they have issues. And then the other dryer that I use is a handheld human dryer that I have on a Chris Christensen arm. Have you given up on the dryer brushes? No, no. Yvonne and Dave use those, okay. but they're in the other room. And I get a little bit more air from my, and it's on an arm. It's really pretty flexible. And so I can move it around. And the trick for me to get the ears really straight and really nice is that you have to turn the ear over and dry with the air on the underside of the ear, staying away from the ear opening, but drying the hair from the inside of that ear, as well as from the outside. And that helps you get all the way through the ear straight. And I did it with the air and then I finished it up with the Artero comb and I pick apart any little tangles with my seven finger Careco human brush that I got off Amazon. That's a great comb for these tender little wimpy dogs that don't want their tangles combed out. So I just like pick away at those tangles with that brush and then finish the brush, the kind of straightening part with the Artero slicker. And I did so well. Then I had another new tool that I used on Cooper, and that's my new set of five and a half inch thinner and straight. Straight, Susie. I got a five and a half straight because it came with the blender that I wanted. And I did such amazing work with that little straight scissor that I'm just in love with it. The so sharp, tiny little tip working around the feet. I got the ears perfect. Nice. And this was your AliExpress purchase? This is my AliExpress purchase. This set of two scissors cost me $17.63 free shipping. Huh. $17.63 for two brand new scissors that I'm loving. And I, you know, I never would have thought I've been using for years. Everybody knows for years I've been stuck on the five and a half inch curved. Well, I just went ahead and got this five and a half inch straight because it came with a blender. And then I started using it for bangs, for little, oh, I got around his mouth. He's getting to be a little older and he had a lot of little dark stained hairs around his mouth. And I was able to clean that off real nicely and smoothly with this little five inch straight scissor. And I just got the edge of his feet real nice and uh, up all around the rectum real nice. Last night, I got a text from Cooper's people telling me that he had never looked better than my grooming yesterday. I love it when that happens. Oh, I love it when that happens. And I just told them, don't get too used to it. (laughs) 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 I can't always dry him. Right. 
Right. You know, it's so, amazing what a good finish will do to your grooming. What, what a what a difference it, it makes, you know, and, that, and uh, some people notice and some people don't, but those people really do. I love my evolution shears, swivel shears, but the five inch straights and curves, that's my jam. Because I can move those around with my weirdly shaped hands. That's now. it. That's it. And my hand, I mean, those things are so light, I don't even feel them. And the uh, the other scissors from China that I that I love are the iGroom um, six-inch aluminum handle shears. I didn't know now, that was such are, a thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they're all over AliExpress. Oh. They're a little bit more money, maybe $28. But iGroom has them also? For like 120 Oh, my. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. That's yeah. my new my new mantra. Think, Think about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. You know, AliExpress is, is, is worth exploring. But here's the deal. You want to find, when you're buying scissors, you want to buy from a company that is the manufacturer. Um, and you can tell that because generally they'll say, if if you scroll down their ad, they'll say we're a manufacturer and we can apply these in bulk and that kind of stuff. And so I, I oh, and these little scissors, they're gold. Oh, cool. They're gold. They come in a little leather case. But, you know, I thought, oh, man. Gold, that's too pretentious for me. I want blue or even just stainless steel, but I couldn't find them. Those were the only, that was the only pair that I could find. And so I got them and I just love them. And it, so the question that we'll be asking for the future is durability. How long are they going to hold an edge? How long are they going to stay together let's you know, see it's they, uh 12 bucks to get your scissors sharpened it's 17 to get two pairs of scissors <laughs> huh that's a yeah well and i've had people charge me 20 bucks for the five and a half inch convex thinners oh and i don't really Blenders. know how much scissors are to sharpen i can't remember yeah, you know, it can it can be more because, you know, it just really sharpening can vary. And um, I tend to trust the higher price sharpeners more than the lower price sharpener. But my guy I, has disappeared. My kind of my kind of lower price guy kept telling him you should raise your prices. Yeah, you should put a tip option on your, you know. <laughs> Yep. on your phone, you know, and I would, because your work is good and it's worth it. And the price will, will, will reflect that. And, um, he's just disappeared probably because he wasn't making enough money. Probably you know? let that be a warning to everyone listening. Yes. Yeah. You well, know, it sounds like you yeah. had a lot of fun shopping. I'm jealous. Yeah, I've been doing all. You know, I'm a shopping addict. Yeah, it's just I, I just am. I, I just have of. Oh, I need to buy a such and such. Oh, let's find it. Oh, <laughs> but 
It's arrived in the package at my doorstep. Yeah, I just love it. It's just such a damn addiction. And I, I, you know, I bought groceries from Walmart and then delivered twice. And the second time I got my Walmart groceries delivered, they said, Send all of my items plus uh, a, a huge bag of frozen chicken breasts, which I gave to Yvonne, and a huge bag of Blue Bell ice cream cups, vanilla and chocolate, which I'm working through. How about if we take a break and then forge ahead into our first appointment, which harkens back to an earlier conversation in the show? Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. One of the huge things that I most admire about you is that you continue to learn every single day. You bring in new information and you evolve as a person and more importantly, you evolve as a teacher. And I see a lot of stagnation out there. Number one, I see two different things actually. I see a lot of stagnation where people are teaching the same thing they taught 15 years ago without ever getting past those initial on without ever getting getting past the initial game plans they wrote back then and I also see a huge influx of young speakers who may or may not have enough experience under their belt to really do a great job of imparting the knowledge but how do you keep learning what are the ways we can keep from getting stale in our grooming in our teaching in this podcast in our lives you know give us your wisdom on the subject well i think it's largely a matter of uh having the intention to learn and having the open-mindedness to be able to give up um, things that you thought were true. It certainly doesn't happen by accident. It takes effort. It's hard to give up knowledge. It's hard to have your knowledge. Unless you're following the evolution, you know, the, the knowledge base is accumulated. And as our way of examining things and, um, you know, viewing things, seeing things, especially technology. <laughs> lead to 
greater insights into things like skin, hair, you know, like if you can, before we could look at things so closely with um, super magnification, we, we just made some kind of simplified assertions about what hair and skin was. Maybe educated guesses, like logical yeah, we, conclusions. Well, logic, logical filling in the blanks. Yes. You know, logical filling in the blanks. And, and so a, as a science evolves, we at the, at the, at the learning end, we need to evolve too. So I have a great, in, uh, I'm very inquisitive. I, you know, like the thing of it is, is I check out my assertions every couple of years. Can I still say, you know, this or that? You know, and so I sometimes I find out it's it's time to uh, kind of incorporate a, a bigger context, or you know, like just getting to know about the skin biome. Now, I never heard about that. I mean, I certainly didn't learn it. Well, I, I, I didn't learn anything about products when I learned to groom. Four years of apprenticeship, I learned nothing about products. I learned I, a little bit. I apprenticed for a year. I learned a little because the girl that I learned from was into it, but not anything like we know now. No, my, my boss just bought the products and we used them. <laughs> You know, and and it was in the seventies. There weren't that many products to choose from. We we didn't start really having much of a choice until catalogs came along. You know, and so you know, and now we have so many choices that it's mind boggling, and nobody knows how to choose what to use for what. But that's an but that's another thing. I I totally agree. That there's a, a, I have a serious concern that some of the people who are teaching groomers about products and how they work and and what's in them have not updated their knowledge for decades. And some of them are really well-known faces, really popular faces that have full seminars who are learning information that we were teaching before electron microscopes were prevalent electron microscopes right. before what do you call those those really cool electron the, Am they I right? are electron okay. yeah and I, I mean we don't need to go into the technology because it's right. so technical it's so technical that it's you know it, it ruins the conversation <laughs> Right. But you got to keep evolving. Just like in grooming, I'm always trying to learn new methods. I investigate the new products. I try different things. Some of them work for me. Some of them don't work for me. But at least I'm always willing to listen to a new technique or a new product, a spiel, if you will, and give it a try. So what's available to us as far as keeping our minds open one of the things that we can do is follow the advancements and the developments in human products 
because pet grooming follows the human evolution by several years, you know. So there are fads that come and fade. There are things that come and stay, and you can kind of get a feeling of that as you see what's happening in the human products. A great place to do that is the Beauty Brains podcast. I am a big follower of Perry Romanowski, who was uh, one half of the Beauty Brains. He does a lot of teaching. It just depends on how scientific do you want, how, how deep into science do you want to go? I'm a science freak. I didn't know it until I was like old, but uh, I am. I have a online subscription to Cosmetics and Toiletries magazine, which is a cosmetic journal on the cosmetic industry. And it tells you, you know, like new products. And it's some sort of a paid advertisements or a lot of it. But it also really does introduce you to new concepts and new trends and new science that's happening. And you can follow and, and sometimes they'll cite scientific studies and you can check it out. Scientific studies are uh, hard reading. You know, first of all, there's a language that... Yeah, that weighs you down. And it, it is. I mean, there's language that's unbearable. And you know what? Really unbearable? What? Patent. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I've gone into trying to learn about patents. And because they have to explain, they have to kind of justify their their patent. It's a horrible reading. It's just like poorly written. And the word, the vocabulary is just obscure, obscure. You have to kind of roll with it until some of it starts sinking in. That's the same thing about science, is that you have to kind of roll with it and not just shut down, but just like stay there keep reading, read it again. You know, do you know that I had to read about surfactants, how surfactants work over and over and over again before I understood them enough to be able to explain it to you? Well, thank you for that because you did only had to explain it a few times to me before I got that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what? Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You know, in the, the first few times that I wrote about product ingredients, I had to plagiarize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cut and paste. I had to cut and paste because I didn't have a good enough grip to just spontaneously talk about that. It took a long time. It took years. Yeah. But it was so satisfying. It began to be satisfying kind of short on because I kind of impressed a few people that say, how do you know that? Yeah, you know, I, that's always you know, fun. You seem to have a pretty good grasp. You know, that's what the owner of of Easy Groom at the time, Allie, was a he was a chemist. He was 
a chemist that had turned into the owner of a company and he formulated all of his own products. And he told me that I was amazing, you know, and so that was really prompted me to go. And if, and if, and if science isn't for you, then that's okay. You don't, you don't have to learn more science. Just learn anything. Yeah. Just keep learning. Just keep learning yeah. and just, and, and, but try to, to pick trusted, authentic resources for your learning. In other words, don't just learn from fear mongers and people that, that uh, hate the government. For instance, you know I, for instance, there's always a reoccurring subject about the scary ingredients that are out there. Take the initiative to go and look up the actual information about those ingredients if you're worried about them instead of just repeating what you find on Facebook. Facebook is a great source, but it's also a great source for misinformation. Well, that goes for the the whole entire Internet. True. You know, uh, but I learned early on that I could kind of access a slightly more technical reports of things and get more of a honest feeling for them and um so but that's just that's just like my interest is uh my interest is in the chemistry and in in the the action of products and new products i love new products and and but I also am fascinated with the whole marketing. And I think if there's one area where we could all use a bit more savviness, it's about how marketing is used to influence us to purchase things. Including and education. And and including our our education now one of the things that's happened in our industry that is used to upset me and now I'm just used to it is that but probably been 10 years ago the producers of trade shows stopped paying for independent educators to come in and do seminars and started having vendors give seminars. Including the table price or reduced table price at the trade show into their pay. Well, yeah, that anyway, that yeah. all, yeah, the, you know, like, so that, so that they, and it was a way for them to make more money and uh, not have as much expenses. What's that and, the quality of the teaching? Well, it just me- makes for more infomercial kinds of uh, seminars. And it's sometimes, sometimes rather hidden. And it really depends on the background and the integrity of the company that's 
providing the seminar. It always raises my suspicions when someone is talking about their own products. The first person I remember doing that that really got my hackles up as I used that last week, I'll use it again, was Nature's Specialty. She was talking about her own product line for an hour in her class. And that's fine, but tell me that's what it is. Don't tell me you're going to teach me about skin and hair and then teach me how your product line is sold. I That drove me crazy, and it's even more prevalent now. That happens a lot. One of the exceptions is... Dave Campanella, best shot. But sure. I have to I have to admit that that Dave Campanella best shot is kind of talking about my subject. True. That I used to get paid to come in and talk about. And it, it and even though I really like Dave and we're friends, that gripe to my grits. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But of course, unless you're willing to take a booth to sell nothing at, they're not going to hire you and the information needs to get out there. So at least Dave is pretty good at delivering your information. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> well, and he's got his own background and he's got his own sources. I mean, and we've, we've used some of the same sources. I think that what I ought to do is... Create a list of trusted sources. I need to do this for my next edition of my book anyway, on pet grooming product ingredients. Or, and there again, I have to go to the human hair industry to really find some of the good bloggers. You have to be real careful with with bloggers because they can be really paid to pump products or paid to discredit products and uh, discredit the competition. Trusted sources list would be really cool. Yeah, I think I'm going to need to do that. I've known that for a while. So I'll try to do that soon in the next couple of weeks, at least get started on it. Well, if you guys trust Miss Barbara Bird here, we have some educational opportunities for you. One of them is our additives video hour. I say hour like I had anything to do with it. It's Barbara's additives video. I just kind of did the production it's a part. two hour. Yes, two hours, sorry. Two hour video about the stuff that's not the surfactant in the shampoo. Barbara, tell us about the availability of that little product there. Well, if you're interested in learning more about shampoo additives and how they work and how they're marketed uh, like argan oil and silicones and herbals and et cetera, et cetera. We discussed it for two hours on the additives exposed. Yeah. We exposed charcoal and we exposed, we exposed a few things and Additives exposed. Whoops, I hit the cash register. <laughs> well, I hope I hit the cash register. So, <laughs> it's $60, people. It's two hours extended education. And what we're saying is we think all educators should have extended education. That's what's missing in our industry is requirements for extended education of experts. 
I love it. That sounds good. Hey, let's take a break. I didn't say how to contact me. Oh, duh. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me before you shut me down. Just email me at bbirdgroomer at gmail.com. $60. I'll send you an invoice. You pay and I'll shoot you the link. And we have another webinar coming up as soon as I can fix the website, and that's going to be Beyond Suds and Scent. There'll be maybe a couple parts to that and uh, more information to come on that one. Stay tuned. Meanwhile, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution Shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. I saw an, a question on the house calls group that I thought was interesting, and apparently you thought it was interesting too. And it is about male and female specific products. The poster didn't reveal what the brand was, but it was something that they came home with from uh, Groom Expo, I do believe. And uh, speaking of males, Marco! <laughs> Marco's communicating with the universe out there. Speaking the language of his people. Speaking the language. <laughs> and he knows it well. Yes. So so anyway, she came home with uh, shampoos for male dogs and different shampoo for female dogs from this company. And the uh, justification for this difference was that males and females have a different pH of their skin. Yeah. So I thought, you know, and you just ripped into it. You just said 10 bill patties. (laughs) (laughs) I did, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've taught you well. Yes. Well, but meanwhile, I have been doing some kind of background research on pH. So, and this business about pH, that's something where I'm trying to expand and update my information. So I might even have a webinar on that. Uh, in the coming year. I think it would be a good idea. Um, So I happen to have run into it. So everybody saying, well, write them and ask for the science that justifies that uh, separation, that distinction. And everybody's saying, well, there is none and blah, blah, blah. Well, except that I had run into this study Uh, that was published just last year and online this year from Belgium. 
that um, showed that female dogs had a significantly lower skin pH in the inguinal regions than male dogs. Okay, so it was 70. Yeah, big deal. So I think that this is their scientific base for this. I think I think they would come back with this science. So here's the study. I'm not going to give you the, the whole thing. And it, it really had to do about more things than just gender. But it was a pH study of dogs. It was um, done in Belgium. And it was published in Vet Dermatology 2002. 2022 this year okay. 70 77 dogs 35 male 42 female different breeds different ages and they actually uh did ph testing of three physical regions so the three in, areas on in, the body yeah, inguinal, which is the groin, axillary, which is the armpits, and the pinna, that's the outer ear, outer part of the uh, ear on the inside. So it was, so it, but it was just in the groin area. So that's not enough for me. I agree because we do have different pH down there. I mean, we have different chemistry down there, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, so, and, you know, and so they also said that um, they made, they noted in their write up that pH between human males and females uh, has been studied a few times with contradictory results. So there, it's tricky. This whole pH thing is uh, measuring pH on dogs is rather tricky, and uh, because you have to put a, a probe in there and the coat, the thickness of the coat. This is why they they picked regions where there wasn't much hair, you know, like the groin area, inner groin area, the inner ear inside the ear flap and the armpits. But I would think that I would want at least the uh, armpits and the groin to match. (laughs) If they don't match, that's not a really solid conclusion. Yeah, it's not a solid conclusion. They really are recommending more that it these questions be more studied. Right. That, that's and, a pretty uh, tiny sample too, as far as really in yeah, the scientific and world. So um, the discussion around male and female shampoos on that group mentioned that Lay Pooch has forever had um, male dog shampoo and female dog shampoo, but that's a difference in fragrance. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, our own advertiser, Show Season Shampoo, has a male, more male fragrance 
shampoo. What is male fragrance? You know, like this pisses me off. Okay. <laughs> you know, like called, you know, like masculine male or something like that. It's subjective. I it I mean it's just so it's just so arbitrary. Yes. You know and personal. And, and personal and why do we even have male colognes on one side of the store and female colognes on another side of the store when you go into Macy's, right? Right. There should just be a cologne counter. It's such a personal choice. It's such a personal choice. And I just, you know, like, I... When the dogs don't have a vote on either. I mean, and what if you're a male person and you like fruity? Yeah. You know, well, then you're just called fruity. I can appreciate that. <laughs> and then the whole fruity thing has a, a negative connotation to it. Like you're less manly if you like fruity fragrance. So men just buckle down and use the what's at their counter only <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, for fear that they'll be labeled gay when they're not right and then there's the gay guys that don't give a shit and they just buy the female stuff anyway yeah they're you buying know, what like, they want yeah well uh i celebrate that you know i i'm I all for personal like, choice yeah, I'm all for personal choice. I'm all for less genderification. <laughs> you know, like like less gender, like let's uh, let's gender differences in in things like clothing and colors and you know, well, it, it really is getting better because I can remember the days when no self-respecting male would buy a pink tie or a or pink a, shirt or a lavender. lavender. And those are and those are just those colors are sometimes very flattering to some skin tones. Yes, it's, which that should be the basis of your choice, not that lavender is feminine right it's a color it doesn't know it doesn't have a vajayjay you know like like come on less of that less of that gender stuff less of the gender stuff so i i think uh i think that gender specific shampoos uh will come in go and I think that I will continue my study on updating my pH information and get back to you with more learning in that respect. That sounds good. Yeah. And what do you think about the dogs and the perfume with their noses being so sensitive and me squirting on the uh dog fragrances after the grooming occasionally i'll get a dog that i can tell does not like to have perfume on it i mean definite obvious opinion by the dog i have mixed feelings about that because i also know that some dogs really like to cover up their dogginess smell and it's a uh, survival technique 
And uh, it's like, did I ever tell you about Fred, my beagle mix? No. I had a beagle. I think it was a beagle dog, so mints, and he was a stray. And he came and he just like attached himself to me. And a couple of times a neighbor tried to take him out to the desert and he found his way back to under my car. <laughs> and uh, finally wormed his way into my home. I feel and like then- that's me. That's like an allegory <laughs> for me. <laughs> Wormed my way in. And then we became partners. Yes. <laughs> because I attached myself to you. <laughs> and uh, he used to go everywhere I went and, and when he, he never leashed. And uh, this was in my, uh, well, anyway. Younger days. So we went, so we went in the music shop. I went to the music store to look at some kind of drum stuff or something. And Fred went in there with me. And, and uh, the next thing we knew, uh, where's Fred? They like, they liked Fred, but Fred would lie in the guitar cases that were on display. (laughs) They kind of allowed him to do it until one time he went out, he went, he went through the store and out the back came back in and laid in a in a guitar case, but he had outside had rubbed himself in something dead. <laughs> which which then fragranced the whole store. <laughs> Not to mention the guitar case. <laughs> and from he was eighty sixth from the music from guitar. That's store. funny. <laughs> and he thought he smelled wonderful delightful <laughs> i don't smell no doggy smell here <laughs> so you know like so there is a side of me that recognizes that dogs like to cover their own dogginess and maybe they're okay with a certain amount of fragrance because it does that job and you know and besides that they want to stay in the house and if that's the price they got to pay they'll pay it and they'll just kind of go nose blind just like I do to their goddamn odors (laughs) (laughs) oh my I am going to play one more ad and then we're going to wrap it up. Summer is the season where we are likely but to was find the dried out coats. <laughs> and show season we'll come has up with another one next special week. shampoo and Think conditioner of a good topic. called Honey Pet. Think of a good product Honey that we need to push. shampoo and conditioner is made with Manuka honey as an additive. Uh, oh, Mysterious Male is the name excellent of that. That's hydrating shampoo. the coat. It also <laughs> smells real good. And it comes with a matching conditioner that contains and I'll say the something about the honey, the almond okay. oil, the sunflower oil, triglycerides, and a little dash of dimethicone, which assists in combing and brushing the coat. You can find these and all the great show season products at showseasongrooming.com. And for your people who want a more masculine fragrance dog, you can try the Mysterious Male Shampoo by Show Season. <laughs>
And on that note, I think we're going to call it a show. Thanks for being here, Barbara, as always. And thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can support us on Patreon, also through our donation button on the website. And there are some affiliate links on our website as well. So you can shop through Chewy and we get a little bit of that. Also, our sponsors are linked there. So, hey, have a great day, everybody. Happy grooming. See you next week on the Groom Pod. Bye now. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.